Welcome to Gesundheit with Jacobus, Health Talk Radio, integrating allopathic and all-natural medicine one show at a time. Here is your host, Jacobus Hollowine. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Nice to be with you. It is uh, lightly snowing out. It is the 19th of January, 2019, and I am always enjoying being with you on Saturday morning talking about health, healing, and healthy lifestyle. Uh, that's the purpose of the show. That's what the word Gesundheit means, good health, health or good health. And the program is all about talking about these topics with experts, give them a chance to chat about what they do for a living, a certain research project, maybe a book they have written, or something they want to share with us about what they do. Just want to let you know that as we discuss diseases, disorders, we are not here to cure, treat, or diagnose. We share information with you, a little education, hopefully some entertainment, and we always encourage you to see a specialist of your choice, maybe contact the guest after the show, and then set up an appointment to learn more about conditions you're fighting or for somebody who is close to you. Let me tell you about my guest, Jenna Dodge, because her and I have a lot to talk about it with you today. Jenna is a student of homeopathy at Americans for Homeopathy Education. She is in her final semester of homeopathy school and practicing under supervision of experienced homeopath. And she will sit for her certification exam later this year. Jenna lives and practices in Bozeman and via telehealth, 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 yeah, television health or something, I guess, mm -hmm. like Skype, right? Something yep. like that. Telehealth all over the world. Jenna Dodge has her own website. It's literally Jenna Dodge, D O D G E dot com. You can also go to Facebook and find her on Homeopathy with Jenna. Homeopathy with Jenna. She will tell us more about it because that's a very interesting approach that she has. And uh, I think if you go to jennadodge.com, it will give you an opportunity to email with her. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning. Let me see if I get you loud enough. So that we can all hear your voice. Good morning. Glad Good to morning. be here. Thank you. Yeah. It's uh, nice. We got to know each other through uh, the group uh, Montanans for Vaccine Choice. That I've seen you there a few times. And uh, then you would at times make comments about homeopathy. And the ladies would uh, refer to you and say, Jenna, what would you think about this or that? And uh, And I thought this is great to have somebody on the show again to talk about homeopathy. And I tell you why also, because I totally respect homeopathy. I, I like to use it whenever I can and recommend to people for a combination of reasons, which we will discuss. But also I've done a few shows with people in homeopathy who are not here anymore. And I wanted to say that um, Dagmar Uhl was one, and I think she moved back to Germany. She was great, really helpful, very smart, very good in what she did, passionate, and she was also a registered nurse, so she had the medical background and then did the homeopathy. And the other one is Mike Bayshore, and Mike Bayshore has been on the show a few times, but sadly he passed away a few weeks ago. He's been, uh, he's been fighting health issues, and then he had a stroke, a, a pretty substantial stroke, uh, was transported to Salt Lake City, has been in Salt Lake, 
and was brought back to Bozeman and cared for. And he passed away, I think, uh, two weeks ago. And so that was uh, really sad. And he was somebody who would come to our store regularly and pick up some homeopathy. And we chit-chat about some things that he discovered. And he had been at the store helping people over the years and brought all his books with him and then helped people with constitutional remedies, which is something we're going to discuss today. But um, So I thought I want to use the opportunity, since we're talking about homeopathy, to to uh, appreciate Mike Bayshore for what he has done for so many people and the fact that he has passed away. So anyway, it's good to have you in the studio. <laughs> Thank you. So now we have a new homeopathic expert in town and, I, and you're passionate about it, which is always very good. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Yeah, so um, I've lived in Bozeman for, I moved here in 2005 and I did, my husband and I did move away and live in Bend for four years. Um, otherwise, born and raised in Montana and, you know, been in Bozeman for a long time. Yeah. Um, I was introduced to homeopathy. And it's interesting you make that comment about um, people passing on. And um, I do, like like you said, I go to the Academy of Homeopathy Education. Yeah. And it's an online program. So it's great. Anyone from around... Um, probably really the world, but around the country can come and participate. And I am the youngest person in my class. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yep. So it's uh, it's definitely, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of older people in the profession, mm-hmm. I guess I, I should say. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to be um, bringing it to people online. Like you mentioned my Facebook page, and I actually have a Facebook group, and I – my the whole online presence with me and homeopathy started before I even started going to school, and I was just so passionate about it mm-hmm. that I started a Facebook group for just people to kind of learn about it. And then when I started going to school, it just has grown and grown and grown. And yeah. my Facebook group is actually secret; you can't find it by searching. Oh, oh. <laughs> um, but I, uh, you can email me, and I will invite you to it or i do have the I facebook see. page if you just go to facebook.com slash homeopathy with jenna okay that's my page and um so anyone can find me there but okay good so because that was announced yeah yeah <laughs> good. um yeah i had to make my group secret just there was honestly too much too many people joining and yeah. um while i'm in school i had to uh make that secret but i was introduced to homeopathy when my oldest son was um, about one, I guess I would say, and maybe I've heard about it before. You know, Arnica is a remedy. Hopefully we'll talk about, I think I could do a three hour show only on Arnica. Arnica. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and stories about using it. Um, but, and I may have used that before, but really I remember being introduced to homeopathy when my oldest son was, uh, just about one. Mm-hmm. And one of his, um, his naturopath suggested a couple of different remedies she's like maybe he could take calcar maybe like a podium maybe sulfur yeah and uh, that's pretty much all i learned that's all she said so i was like what is she talking about i went to the co-op um and you know bought calcarb 60 i think it was and gave it to my son and frankly i didn't notice any anything at all and so i kind of you know put it aside and was like oh this doesn't work fast forward about four years later uh, my son was very, very speech delayed. Oh. He was barely talking at the age of almost five. Like I could understand him, 
you know, 70% of the time. And a lot of his um, other people, I mean, even his dad um, and then his preschool teachers really struggled to understand what he was saying. I see. Um, But he had some physical issues. Um, He actually used to refuse to to go poop at all. Okay. (laughs) And I used to not talk about it a lot, but it comes... uh, Turns out it's actually a very, very common issue. So I start talking about it so parents know that they're not alone and that actually homeopathy is a solution. Okay. But I had several people say, you know, I had tried everything. You name it, whether it's a supplement or or something like Miralax, and I had tried it. Nothing worked. Oh, wow. Plenty of people, you know, finally about three people suggested I I see a homeopath. And so I, I did. I forked over, you know, all the money to see... Um, to, to hire a professional homeopath. She took his case, a three-hour case. You know, I filled out all this paperwork, um, gave him his remedy, and the first thing to happen was within 24 hours, he was speaking in complete sentences to me. Really? It was, I was Because complete, he had it in him. He yeah. just was not able to make the connection with the vocal cords or something. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then about five days later, he stopped holding his bowels and he started really in the bathroom and then um and he hasn't stopped ever since yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> thank goodness so uh it's just to me it was just so amazing that i didn't even i didn't think homeopathy i wasn't even concerned about his speech i mean i was concerned about his speech but i didn't really hire the homeopath to help with his speech i hired it for this one specific purpose yeah and everything changed. I mean, he became such a different kid in a in a good way, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, um, I I was just like, I need to know more. Wow. So I bought a book, um, the complete homeopathy handbook, and by Miranda Castro, who's an amazing homeopath who mm-hmm. lives in Florida. And uh, I bought a kit of remedies, fifty remedies, and I just started learning. I started doing. I started hiring uh, the, my homeopath for. When we were sick, rather than going, and we were not even sick very much, but, you know, rather than going to the urgent care, I tried homeopathy first and was never, really never disappointed. It was a little harder for me at first to learn to match remedies and treat my own family, which is, I mean, it's such a complex system of medicine, really. In reality, it is all simple if you know what you're doing, but it is a... It is fascinating, and I, I really hope that listeners are going to be inspired mm-hmm. to start doing more reading about homeopathy because um, I don't think we have discovered all the possibilities yet and it's only been around for 200 years, which we will discuss about. Shall we take a call real quick? Sure. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the program today. What's your name? How can we help you, please? Hey, good morning, Jacobus and guest. Hi. Before you proceed further, yeah, would you, I think it'd be helpful if you guys provide a working definition of homeopathy. That's a good point. That's a good point. We can absolutely do that. Okay, that was the question. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do so that. As I just said, it's complex. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 complex. To it, I guess I should say the learning curve is is can be steep, but it's actually really simple. So homeopathy is based on the law of similars, which is older than 200 years. It's actually a couple thousand years old because Hippocrates spoke about the law of similars, and that is that a substance that can cause a set of symptoms in a healthy person can cure um, a person who is sick with those same set of symptoms. 
Interesting. Um, Hippocrates spoke 2,000 years ago about the fact that you can cure using similars or you can cure using opposites. And he noted that when you use opposites, uh, and in, in a modern example would be antibiotics, um, but when you use uh opposites to cure, you t- typically need more and more of the drug substance over time. And that's, you know, your body becomes accustomed to it. Yeah. Whereas in homeopathy, uh, we're using the law of similars. And really, the body is, is doing the healing. It's not, it's, not the, it's not the substance that's doing the healing. And in fact, I always like to give an example that homeopathy is, does not require even a medicine to to work. It, it's not based on the medicines. You sell homeopathic remedies in your store, yeah. but they're only homeopathic if they are prescribed in a homeopathic manner. An example of how to use homeopathy in everyday life is if you burn yourself when you're cooking and you're getting something out of the oven and you burn yourself. If you actually put your hand in warm water, not hot, you don't want to burn yourself more, but warm water and you let it cool down to body temperature, your burn will heal much, much faster. Oh. Um, I've verified this with different line cooks and chefs throughout <laughs> throughout history, and they all say that that's true. And sometimes they have other tricks where they'll hold their hand closer to the fire. Now, what one thing that I um, and and this is also for the caller. It is uh, still confusing. Law mm-hmm. similars. Mm-hmm. In the past, the uh, comparison with <laughs> vaccines. Mm-hmm has been used Mm -hmm. because many times when we talk about vaccines, we inject a person with a very small amount of a toxin with the hope, in the hope that the body starts to build up resistance to the toxin so that the toxin doesn't become a full-fledged disease, but just very small. But somehow in the body's computer, it is now being recognized as what it does. So if at some point in the length that the vaccine will last, you were to get exposed to the disease that is comparable with that really small amount that you put in in an injection or uh, nasal spray, whatever, the body immediately recognizes this as something like, oh, we got to fight this. And so antibodies come out or white blood cells will come out and they start to help, the immune system kicks in to fight off the major disease. And I can see that when you are talking about homeopathy, and as the caller is saying, it is kind of complex. When One thing with homeopathy that makes it a little bit more complex, in my opinion, Jenna, to other people, is that throughout the world, the Latin words are being used about what it is. So Arnica is leopard's bane. You take lycopodium, which is club moss, but you can go to China and say lycopodium in homeopathy, and they know what it is. And mm-hmm. you can go to India and Germany, Italy, France, United States, South America, wherever you go, if you talk to a homeopath, everybody will use the same words. It's not like, I don't know what this word is. And that is what, in my opinion, makes it somewhat confusing to people because these are words that don't lay easily on the tongue. They don't Mm -hmm. roll off the tongue very easily. And so I think, therefore, that, um, uh, and and interrupt me if you want, uh, if you need to. (laughs) Um, I I often compare it with vaccines because of the very small amount of toxin. 
Am I on the right track with this or am I off? Well, that's like a really common comparison. Okay. And there's a few differences, um, obviously. <laughs> yeah, sure, 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 yeah. sure. So uh, one of the major differences between vaccines and homeopathy, because you're right, they, uh, you know, what you said about vaccines using a small amount of a disease substance is true. And actually, it's interesting because homeopathy and vac- vaccination kind of started around the same time. Huh. Um, really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um, but one major difference is that vaccines are a one-size-fits-all approach. You know, yeah. the CDC comes out with a schedule or Montana State has their schedule and suggestions for kids and adults. I see. Homeopathy is individualized. So, mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll get to it later today where you can talk about some ways to treat flu-like symptoms or with homeopathy. And it really depends on what type of flu you have. What are your symptoms? And so homeopathy needs to be individualized for the person. And, um, you know, there are protocols out there and there's definitely ways, um, remedies that can be used in a similar way to vaccines in that you are trying to prevent a disease or prevent symptoms, prevent an illness. Yeah. Um, but by and large, it's it needs to be individualized. So treatment is individual to the person. Uh-huh. And that's hmm. what makes it feel challenging to people at first because okay. everybody wants to know if I have a cough, what remedy do I take? Yes. And reality is, it depends on what is your cough What the like. cause is of yeah. the cough. The uh. cause, what makes it better or worse, what are other symptoms you have, um, just, just all the details about a cough that we care about. As a homeopath, I really care about that. Whereas, you know, if you go to urgent care, you might just get a prescription for a cough suppressant or maybe an expectorant or, you know, just depends on where you go. That's why they call it generic medicine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing is, it's interesting you mentioned the computer um, that, yeah. you know, you put it in the computer of your body because yeah. if, um, you know, the way that we nowadays think about the body is very much as a sum of its parts. But in homeopathy, uh, we believe and that, that people have a vital force and the homeopathic remedies speak to that vital force and that all cause of disease is in the vital force. Similar to qi, like in traditional Chinese medicine, they talk about qi. Correct. Um, it's, it's similar to that. And, and really the difference would be if you believe that we are just a computer, then we are just artificial intelligence and we might as well just be robots walking around. Right. But we're not. We are clearly more than just the sum of our parts. You bet. Uh-huh. And that's kind of what another thing that sets homeopathy apart. Mm-hmm. Of course, also there's the delivery method. Homeopathic remedies are taken orally um, under the tongue yeah. um, or given in water. So they have to come in contact with a mucous membrane. They would never be injected. In blood. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. That's, you know, it seems a little simple comparison, but it is substantial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Well, we're coming close to a break here. And I uh, just want to let people know that if you have any questions about homeopathy and the caller was really uh, accurate you know this is a we need to explain what homeopathy is and we'll get back into that of course and we'll mention it throughout the show but jenna dodge is my guest Uh, she is a certified homeopath and she is continuing with her education on that you can go to her website jennadodge.com learn more about that if you are more into facebook go to facebook and go to homeopathy with jenna homeopathy with jenna and you can find all the information that you need for that so we're going to take a break 
When we come back, we're going to explain more about that and we're going to get into much more detail regarding homeopathies. Appreciate your listening. We will be right back. We have another caller on hold and uh, let's continue with our topic. Good morning, caller. Thanks for joining the show. What's your name? How can we help you? One. Oh, wait a minute. That's only the first part of the sentence. Uh, uh, one that has worked for me uh, is uh, the easy way to call it is a silo. Uh, yeah. Also, coccinum, uh, yes. Yeah. And so, uh, apparently, it's uh, made out of uh, goose liver. Uh, so, it seems to work for me, and it's about the only one that uh, I've continued to use. Could could you tell me any of the uh, inside dope about it? Uh, pardon the expression. Uh, so I, I don't keep flying blind like this because I've used it uh, 10, 15, 20 years now, and it just seems to work. Okay. Sure. Um, so, yeah, a silicoxinum is actually made from the heart and liver of duck. Yeah, duck, not a goose. Yeah, a duck. And it's, um, it's most commonly used for flu or flu-like symptoms. And... Uh, And it's really the thing that makes it so useful for the general public. And they do sell this remedy in Walgreens, Target, I mean, everywhere. If you are in the middle of nowhere, you can find this remedy. Um, The thing that actually makes it so useful is this remedy doesn't have a lot of what we call characteristic symptoms to define it. Um, And that means it works for kind of your generic flu or your generic cold symptoms. And that's why, you know, they've actually done research um, showing that this is effective um, for flu-like symptoms when given to everyone. Um, And later I'm going to talk about some remedies for the flu if you have some characteristic symptoms that are different or really striking, you know, strong bone pain, um, extreme chills, things like that. Um, And and that actually brings me to just when I mentioned that you can make a remedy out of everything, I want to clarify that... There are only a couple thousand remedies that are um, in the um, book for how to make them in the HPUS, the Home- Homeopathic Pharmacopoeia of the U.S. And these remedies have been proven. And what 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 is a proving? So a proven remedy is the way we figure out what a remedy is useful for is through approving. And that means we give the remedy to healthy people in a very specific way. There's rules that outline how we do approving and all the symptoms that do are you created say approving or proving Pro- approving approving yeah it's, it's like an event okay. um, i mean it lasts a o- few a, months so it's a proving yes. so the word is proving but then it, it's approving yes okay. exactly right. um and the the way this is how hahnemann who discovered and actually really codified homeopathy this is how he figured out what remedies were used we're used for, and we still do this today. So if we have a new remedy that we've made out of a substance, we give it to healthy people and see what the symptoms are that that remedy can create. And it's, it's a very involved process, meaning we want to make sure we're not grabbing symptoms that that person already has. You know, we only are interested in what the medicine is capable of creating in a person. Okay. Why is, uh, uh, something that is good for early symptoms of flu uh, linked to uh, duck 
liver. Uh, is, does anybody know why those two things are linked together? I'm going to, I'll go and then uh, you can struggle with that one. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll do. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for calling. So the thought is that um, birds carry flu virus. Yes. And so the thought is that actually there's lots of different, probably several different viruses in the duck liver and heart. And in that way, um, it's useful for flu or flu-like viruses, flu-like symptoms. We don't actually, you don't need to test positive for influenza A or anything like that. In fact, the FDA would probably <laughs> prefer that you didn't, that we don't talk about that. But um, it's, it's for um, flu-like symptoms. And again, the thought is because the birds carry the viruses. And, and this is, you know, we're going to talk about this with the FDA soon. Um, but there's a class of remedies called nosodes, which are made from um, either dis- uh, like bacteria itself or disease products. Yeah. And the FDA is really trying to crack down on those. Um, and, but they're very, they're extremely powerful. And those nosodes can be used curatively, uh, meaning if you already have symptoms and mm-hmm. they can be used to help your body overcome the illness, or they can even be used preventatively. So there's no research, uh, meaning like a clinical trial that says a silicoxinum is useful to prevent flu, but there is a lot and a lot of clinical evidence supporting that a silicoxinum can be useful to prevent flu. Yes. So, um, yeah. I, 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 and I, it's a very good question. It's a very popular product. And let's face it, the majority of people just know it works for the flu, mm-hmm. and it does. Why it works they don't understand. It's too complica- complicated. But one thing I really would like to do, Jenna, because I do know people are listening to the show to learn. They want to understand. Because once you understand, you don't just accept everything. You simply say, wow, I want to know more about it. I'm going to do some research. We, we still, and I hope you can help me with this, make people understand what homeopathy is. And... You talk about the law of similars. That to me, I know that's what we use. It sounds still very vague. Um, Because once you start talking about dilutions and succussing and 30C and 6X and 1M and all these dilutions, one thing that I try to explain to people is when you make an extract, of whatever the toxin or the mineral or the herb or the plant, whatever the original source is, and you make an extract out of this. You have a bottle as an extract. So tell me when I go wrong here. (laughs) You have a bottle of extract, liquid. You take a new bottle, and one-tenth of this new bottle is filled with the extract. Nine-tenths of the bottle is filled with either alcohol or um, a very pure alcohol or water. And then what happens is the they're just shaken up a little bit, so mix it. Now, this is called the mother tincture. The mother tincture was actually the first step. So It is you, the extract. Yeah, if you take like, with a plant, let's say, Okay. You, yeah, if you mash up a plant with alcohol, let it sit overnight, strain it, uh, and it's slightly different for every material, but that's that's the mother tincture. 
And then, yeah, you go on to dilute either a 1 to 100 or Correct. Or okay, so the model thing shows that. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's say since everything is done in Latin, they use X's and C's and M's and L. Uh, no, X's and C's and M's, right, primarily. Mm -hmm. And so when you have an X, that is the Roman numeral 10. Mm -hmm. So we're going to watch Super Bowl 53 in a few weeks. So that is L for 50 and then I-I-I. 53. If you have 20, it's XX. Mm -hmm. So X is the Roman numeral 10. That means that from the mother tincture, we take one-tenth in the bottle of the extract in an empty small bottle, and nine-tenth is water or alcohol. And now we start a process that is called succussing, which is vigorously shaking. Mm -hmm. You literally hold it in one hand, mm -hmm. and the bottom of the bottle, you, you smack against the palm of your other hand. Mm -hmm. People hear me do it right now. Yep. By shaking it up, somehow you are uh, expanding on the power of the original mother tincture. And the way I try to explain it to people is if you take a balloon and you blow it up and you take a carpet and you have a wall mm -hmm. and you rub the balloon on the carpet a few times back and forth, mm -hmm. You can stick it against the wall, it will glue to the wall, maybe slide down a little bit, but you create this magnetic, electromagnetic charge that starts to attract and it, you, you create something. Now, you didn't change the wall, the carpet, or the balloon, except you started rubbing molecules against each other on the floor. Mm -hmm. That created an energetic power that therefore makes, creates this electrical charge. And that starts to do something. So mm -hmm. if you take a homeopathic remedy and you are succussing it 100 times, 200 times, you are rubbing the alcohol or water molecules with the mother tincture. You are creating an electrical charge that actually makes this remedy stronger than what the original mother tincture, which is just an extract, gave you. Mm -hmm. Am I on the right track here? Yeah, you're on the right track. And I wouldn't even say just stronger, but it can actually unlock healing powers in a substance that we don't think of as having healing powers. Okay. Uh, at least most people don't. An example is one of our most potent remedies is, go is gold or a metallicum, gold, the metal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you obviously can't just dissolve that in water or alcohol. So with remedies like that, with substances that are not soluble, um, there's a very long process of grinding that substance with a with lactose sugar okay um until it becomes soluble so in a one to 100 dilution meaning one part gold like one grain gold one 100 grains of lactose sugar yeah grinding for an hour taking one grain of that grinding again with 100 grains of lactose etc until that is now water soluble and then can be succussed diluted and, and succussed like that wow and this is a very extreme extremely powerful remedy that you can't just swallow some gold <laughs> and yes. have that do anything remotely the same. And so it's really important. And I do want to give some good examples of everyday examples of homeopathy in action that I think people can really understand. But it's really important to, to understand that homeopathy, homeopathic remedies are not just diluted. They are diluted and succussed. succussed. They are the they shaking. Are, the power, there is energy put into the remedy that is changes it. Um, another really common remedy is 
salt, Natrium muriaticum, not mirror. You yeah, carry yeah. it in uh-huh. your store, probably mm-hmm. in several potencies. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't just put a pinch of salt in a gallon of water and take that as a remedy. Okay. But through this process of um, diluting Extraction, and succussion, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah uh, you end up with one of our most powerful remedies as well. So, um, so and I want to, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to add to that. So if you look at the homeopathic remedy in the store and it says 30 C the C stands for the Roman numeral 100. Mm -hmm. And that means that after you have made your mother tincture, your mother extract, now you take only one hundredth of the extract with 99% Mm -hmm. water or alcohol and you start the succussing process. And then once you have a one C, if you, in order to go to two C, you take one hundredth of the one C, put it in another bottle, 99% water or alcohol, and that becomes, you shake it up, you know, vigorously shaking, that becomes a 2C. So if you have a 30C remedy, that comes after 29C. Yeah, exactly. And if you have a 200C remedy, mm-hmm. you comes after 199. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is that, I don't know how it is with current microscopes, but if you have a 7C, if you go to a 7C, and you were to look at the remedy under a microscope, you cannot see any of the molecules of the mother tincture anymore. So now, listeners, we're talking about energy medicine. Mm -hmm. And that sounds really woo-woo to a lot of people, but I tell you, it is unbelievable. The stronger, so the more diluted and succussed a remedy is, the more potent it becomes. Mm -hmm. And that is simplifying it. I know I am, Mm -hmm. but you would say, as a homeopath, we have to look at the right dilution succussion for a specific condition in a person that needs attention, needs to be healed. Yeah. And it's important to know, too, that as a consumer, you're not actually going through this process in your kitchen of making remedies. We yeah. buy them from Gesundheit. <laughs> yeah. And and the remedies, they're, they're highly regulated in that the pharmacies have to follow the HPUS, the Homeopathic Pharmacopoeia of the United States, or yes. from whatever country. Boron yeah. is from France. Yeah. Um, however, you can under, you can use those same principles. So one way we often give remedies is by diluting them, uh, taking you know one pillule of the Boron, you know Natmir 30C, putting it in a few ounces of water, and then you can succuss that bottle of water to mm-hmm. make it slightly more potent. Yeah. Um, and it's also important to note that when homeopathy started, it's not like Hahnemann just decided to dilute and succuss remedies. Um, he actually, so Hahnemann is the founder of homeopathy. And Samuel Hahnemann. Samuel yeah. Hahnemann. Um, he lived 1755 to 1843. There's a monument of him in Washington, D.C. He's the only non-politician with a monument in Washington, D.C. Really? Oh. Um, hopefully we can... Hopefully we can get maybe a little more into the into the history in the next session. But um, homeopathy used to be extremely popular in the U.S. There was lots of homeopathic hospitals, homeopathic colleges, homeopathic children's hospitals. Mm-hmm. And that all changed um, when there was basically a campaign against alternative medicine, which I think a lot of your listeners are probably uh, familiar with. But when Samuel Hahnemann came up with homeopathy, when he codified the the law of similars into the into what we call homeopathy, he was using mother tinctures 
and he was using medicines that were just barely diluted and they weren't even succussed. Oh, really? And what he noticed is that while, yes, belladonna is extremely potent at healing somebody with a high fever where they're delusional, they have um, dilated eyes and et cetera, um, maybe they have scarlet fever even, uh, without diluting it, it was toxic. I mean, it's deadly nightshade. It deadly is. Nightshade, it yes. is toxic, just mm-hmm. like um, you know, our strongest poisons can be our most potent healers. It all depends on the dose. So he started diluting medicines more and more, and uh, we actually don't know how he came up exactly with the idea of succussion. Mm-hmm. Um, Hahnemann had studied the um, alchemists. You know, he he had done a lot of reading. He knew over seven languages. Wow. Um, fluently, he used to be a translator. It's pretty good for German. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so we think it was from from studying alchemy that he he thought to try succussing. I mean, we we just truly don't know. There's a kind of a hole in that history there. Oh. Um, but he realized that once he started succussing the remedies, they were even more potent and even. Um, and of course, fewer side effects. And a lot of these remedies, like I mentioned, um, you know, Orem Gold, he wasn't really, um, he used a lot more of the plant remedies to start with. Let me just okay. say that because yes. that was what was more familiar. Um, the first remedy he came up with uh, that he uh, proved was Peruvian bark, which is um, cinchona, or and sometimes we call it China. I'm not sure which way Boron calls it. Um, yeah. But he was translating uh, William Cullen's Materia Medica, and uh, he was a William Cullen was a um, well-known doctor, and he was translating it, um, and and he was reading about Peruvian bark, and William Cullen said that um, Peruvian bark works to heal malaria because it's astringent and bitter, and he actually put a footnote in, and he said. This doesn't make any, Hahnemann said, this doesn't make any sense because there's a lot of other substances that are more astringent and more bitter than Peruvian bark. Why does Peruvian bark cure malaria in most cases? Mm. So he took it upon himself to take um, Peruvian bark. He just took some. He had his wife write down everything he did or said. He wrote down as many symptoms as he could remember. And what he realized is that when he took this medicine, he... Came down with symptoms of malaria. He had a fever, the chills, etc. And that was kind of his, you know, apple falling out of the tree moment, if you will. Um, his light bulb moment of, wow, there's something going on. Yeah. So he spent about six years. He had already stopped practicing medicine at that time because he was really disillusioned with the bloodletting and the using mercury Leeches and all that. Leeches and Leeches. all that stuff, yes. Yeah. Um, he spent about six years proving a bunch more medicines and then went back into practice as a doctor. And he really thought he was doing the world a favor, which, I mean, I think he was, obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. But the other doctors of his time didn't take it, <laughs> didn't really love what he was doing. And his whole goal was to make a system of medicine that actually made sense and that there was rules to follow and a set of laws to follow, he wrote down the laws of healing. Yeah. This isn't just the laws of homeopathy. This is the laws of healing. And it's important actually to know that sometimes in allopathic medicine, they use homeopathy and they don't even know it. Oh, interesting. And one example is a lot of times kids with ADD, 
Yeah. We'll get put on Ritalin. Um, what is Ritalin? Ritalin is a stimulant. Okay. You're using a stimulant to cure symptoms of somebody who is hyperstimulated. That is homeopathy. Correct. It doesn't cure a, a lot of the times, um, meaning the person still has to continue to take the substance. And I believe that's because it doesn't work on the vital force. It works just to palliate the symptoms uh-huh. because it's not diluted and succussed. Mm-hmm. Another a, rem- a homeopathic remedy that can also work um, without the toxic side effects is coffee. Coffee Acruda is a brilliant remedy mm-hmm. for ADD. Now, I do think that if your child has ADD, you would see better long-term results working one-on-one with a homeopath. But there are so many parents who use Coffea Cruda, coffee, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to treat the symptoms of ADD. Yes. All right. Well, we, uh, we're coming to the end of this half hour. Fascinating. I really thank you for letting me explain what I understand and for helping to add on to that story and explain something. Jenna Dodge is my guest on Gesundheit with Jacobus. We have a caller who called earlier, hung up because they had to wait too long. I am so sorry. And we have another caller who's trying to call in, but we are going to take a break. So please call us back in the second hour. I know there is a lot going on with homeopathy. I really appreciate all of you listening. Stay tuned for the news and we'll be right back after that. We have a caller waiting patiently on hold. Good morning, caller. Your name, please. How can we help you? Good morning, Jacobus and Jenna. It's Kaylee. How Hello, Kaylee. Guys? Good morning to you. Hi. Good morning. Thank you. Okay, so I have friends and family listening this morning, Jenna. That's great. And um, so my question for you is um, for people who, I feel like a lot of people have a tendency to give up right away. Um, because it can be so complex, um, what would you say to them? Any advice for them on just, you know, I try to tell them, be patient, work with a homeopath, it's worth every penny. Um, just trying to get them, what would you say to people that you're trying to get to believe? Um, And and are you talking, Kaylee, about people who give up on overall alternative medicine or people who give up on homeopathy very quickly? Homeopathy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I feel like kind of like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, Jenna, when you were talking about when you first tried it and you kind of thought, Oh, this doesn't work. I don't know what words you use. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I run into that a lot with, um, yeah, just friends and family. And yeah, I just want to know what words or yeah, words of advice you would give to them. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, that's a that's a great question. So, um, and that's why I'm so passionate about getting the message out there about homeopathy is because I don't want people to have that experience where it doesn't work. And and I think it's really important when somebody is new to using homeopathy. I think it's really really important that they work with a homeopath, even for something that two a year or two later. They might feel completely comfortable and knowledgeable in, in treating that themselves. For example, flu-like symptoms or a cough or any anything, pink eye, anything like that. Um, because you're right, if you have an experience and it doesn't work, it's just going to turn you off from trying to, wanting to use it the next time. So it's it's worth every penny to, to hire a homeopath. Um, 
And also, I, I do teach classes on homeopathy. I have some online oh, courses, and yeah. I teach in the Bozeman area as well. Okay. Um, you can uh, look on my Facebook page. Again, just search Jenna Dodge on Facebook, and you'll find, you'll find me. Um, I do teach free classes at the library occasionally. I have paid classes where I teach people how to use homeopathy for their families um, for, uh, you know, self-limiting acute situations. Yes. Of course, nobody should be trying to treat anything chronic themselves. Um, it takes a lifetime to get chronic disease. It can take a while to unravel it. Okay. And it's not something that, uh, you know, somebody should just be trying to, to treat on their own, especially if they're, well, just period. They shouldn't be trying to treat yeah. it on their own. Um, so, yeah, I think hiring a homeopath is, is very useful. And, of course, if you have the knowledge of homeopathy, you can always try to help them. But I would just encourage you, if, if you're not sure, then just refer them out so that they can have a positive first experience. Yeah, great advice. May I ask one quick follow-up question, you guys? Sure. Of course. Um, so would you say I'm saying the right thing when I tell? I feel like so many people's perspective on when they try to use homeopathy is they have that expectation of it just being like another pill. Um, and that's maybe why they're so quick to go, oh, that didn't work, you know, so I need Tylenol for my pain instead. When I try to tell them it's a completely different process, it's not even like taking, even if it's natural, you know, taking melatonin to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, which sometimes I think, from my experience, it has worked where, yeah, I've taken one remedy and it's helped me and my symptoms are gone. Yeah. But I, I feel like I get discouraged sometimes when I'm talking to them because um, I think people are so used to that mindset. And so that's why it's so important to get educated and come and talk to someone mm-hmm. like you. Um, to just Yeah, it's just a different process. Am I saying that right? Do you feel like that's... Yeah, well, it goes back to that individualization and the fact that, you know, we don't have a homeopathic Tylenol. <laughs> um, you know, we have lots of remedies that help with pain. Um, you know, is you have pain from an incision, maybe you need cephasagria. Do you have nerve pain? Maybe you need hypericum. Um, do you have pain from blunt force trauma? Maybe you need arnica. So um, there's lots of different solutions for each symptom, whereas in out in just over the counter medicine somebody could take advil for all of those things yeah so it is it is definitely different in that regard and it's funny cuz a lot of people come to homeopathy as a last resort like me i tried everything else with my son before i tried homeopathy and i got i did get i guess lucky because it did work right away but it's funny cuz a lot of people if it doesn't work right away they'll just throw their hands up yeah. And give up when in reality, yeah. nothing else worked right away either. No, that's right. <laughs> so, right. And I had really good luck because Jenna, this is the, I'll let you guys go, but um, Jenna helped with our daughter's um, whooping cough. She had pertussis. And that was the first time that I used homeopathy. And I was someone where it worked. First remedy, it worked. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, it was easy for me to go, oh, my gosh, I want to dig into this and become more educated, which I have a long way to go. But, yeah, I feel like that's kind of people, patient. People have to be patient mm-hmm. is what I'm kind of learning. You know, one so. thing that I feel, Kaylee, is that yeah. um, many people want to tell you that they're having a problem, but they don't want an answer. 
They're not asking you for an answer. And so what I find out if I'm in a conversation with people, I am in a lucky situation being at the store because people come into the store, they want something for the health and they like to sit down with me and ask questions, which means they are showing the interest. They are showing the interest to find an answer and they want to pick my brain. So somehow they want to hear what I have to say. Many times when we are with friends, family, whatever, we are not their therapists, we are not their healers. If I sit with my family, the conversation is almost never about health. The conversation is about whatever is going on in their life, and maybe we throw in some uh, some sports and some politics and some entertainment. But not specifically to say, uh, say, well, since we're having a nice chicken dinner, Jacobus, what do you suggest I do for my gout? That that usually <laughs> it usually doesn't happen. Okay, so I yeah. think that part of the reason why it is so hard for us or for you to explain to friends and family what homeopathy is all about and how it works, if for whatever reason you are sharing a successful story, then it may pique their interest and say, "What are you talking about?" Now you can explain it because they're asking you a question. I find that yeah. many people often give advice when there's not advice asked. And then you end up with trying to explain yourself and you end up sounding a lot, you know, no offense here, uh, dumber than, than you want to sound because people go like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I don't want to hear all this. I just wanted to tell you my story, you know? And so and I hope you understand what I'm trying to say with this. Um, and that that is also why I would send somebody to Jenna because people want to know about homeopathy. And I say, go see somebody who can actually explain to you and work with you by asking the correct questions to get you yeah. better health. And that that's kind of what I want to say. I think that is why many of us in the natural industry uh, end up with so much resistance from family and friends because the family and friends are not asking us as a therapist. They just want to share a story. Yeah, that's really good wisdom and a good word and really helpful for me because, yeah, I get so excited, of course, as you both know. And, I know. And kind of. And then you start to say a lot, and then there's more questions, and then they have higher expectations. And so next chicken dinner, I'm not bringing it up unless that. <laughs> exactly. And then you got and then you got to read the question. Are they just? Yeah. Does anybody know anything about gout? That's not the same as hey, Kaylee. You know. Right. When right. I, exactly. Yeah. When I press right here oh. on my chin, my belly pops out. What is that? You know. <laughs> So they just, uh, oh, that's, that's yeah. Um, okay, thank you. And then I just, sorry, I know I said I'm going to be done. Jenna, um, will you also just talk about those who live, um, who don't live in Bozeman? I know they can, like, travel to see you. Are you still doing consultations over the phone? Is that something? I didn't hear you mention if that was still yeah. a possibility. Yeah, okay. de- definitely. I, I work with people all over the world, actually. I have a client in Korea, of all places. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So I work via telehealth, or which is a fancy way of saying Skype, or I actually use Zoom video conferencing. Um, so actually, I would say most of my most of my um, clients live elsewhere right now. But of course, I have an office in Bozeman, and I'm really wanting to build the local Bozeman um, clientele. Clientele because yeah. we don't have a a homeopath here. I know there's a couple that still travel back occasionally to see clients that they had from when they did live here, but yeah. there's no other, you know, pure purely homeopath here. So Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you, Kaylee. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All the best. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Uh, Very interesting. There is a text message. I think this is somebody who would probably benefit uh, talking to you, but just to give you a rough idea. My teenage teenager is suffering from anxiety and being overwhelmed with school. And I myself have closed angle glaucoma. Any remedies that may help? Great question. And those are both what we would, would fall into the chronic category okay. versus acute. So uh, a homeopath like myself could definitely uh, be, work with somebody like that and um, I believe could benefit uh, your child and yourself could benefit from homeopathy. And anxiety is such a common issue these days. It, I mean, it's very rare for someone to come in my office who doesn't have anxiety and that's not to minimize it at all. But it's just to say that we, we do get good results um, with that. And it is something that I see a lot of. Yeah, and, and I'm glad actually for this text message because I know the individual and I know we have talked um, about this, this person and myself. And so I wasn't thinking at the time about using homeopathy because it would be so simple to use. And if you find the right remedy with a little bit of detective work, which is what a true homeopath does, uh, you could see results very quickly, as you mentioned with your son, mm-hmm. who wasn't speaking mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. till he was five years old. You gave him a remedy. You found the right remedy. Overnight, he's making full sentences. Mm-hmm. To me, that is fascinating. Yeah. I do want to uh, add, just for, for everyone listening with anxiety, one remedy that I'm sure you carry in your store is actually um, the, the Bach. Actually, it's uh, batch. It's pronounced batch. No, I don't know. Bach, Bach flowers. <laughs> Is that how you, yeah. you say? Okay. So that's how I like to say it too. Um, the Bach flower remedies and rescue remedy is a super common, well-known, popular Bach yeah. flower remedy. Mm-hmm. And that can certainly help take the edge off. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get rid of the tendency for anxiety, um, that requires the yeah. one-on-one care. Yeah. And you could take in a lozenges or in a spray so mm-hmm. you can carry it with you and just... Uh, mm-hmm. Use it quickly when needed. Well, good point. Good morning, caller. Thanks for your patience. What's your name? How can we help you, please? Hi, good morning. It's Ted. Um, hey, Ted. Comment and question. Listen please. to the conversation. Um, reminds me of two things and uh, just simple question. I'll give you both and I'll let you answer um, how homopathy is similar and different. The first is came to mind um, people who would um, take like snake poison to build up their immunity to that poison. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second that just makes me think of and a a lot because conversation with people about it is uh, the placebo effect. You know, just wondering how is it similar? How is it different? And, uh, you know, kind of saying, if if it actually works, then why not? So yeah. that's my question. You want to stay in the line? Uh, sure. Sure. Thanks, Ted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. So um, just to address the placebo effect first, because I, I think it's more commonly asked, and, and that's the biggest, I think, question that I get most most commonly, like I said, is, well, it's just the placebo effect. Two Two parts to that. Number one, if that were true, that would still be awesome <laughs> because the placebo effect itself is very, very strong. However, 
Um, homeopathy works on infants and animals, and the placebo effect does not work on on newborn babies or animals because they don't have a concept that they're taking a medicine. Um, also, oh, interesting. Yeah, and yeah one, you, know, you can give it to what a one day old, two day old. You I gave it to my ten hour old baby before she went into surgery. And when wow. she had to have surgery on um, last summer. Yeah, and you can give it to a seven hundred pound horse. Yeah, and they don't know what you're mm. doing, but it uh, you mix right. it you mix it in the drinking water or so, or give them the pills, and it starts to work. Yeah, they've done. Um, there's a lot of research. So homeopathy research, the Homeopathy Research Institute, and I don't know the URL oh, off the top of my head. Ah. So look it up. I believe it's uh, your it's a European um, website, but it, it's in English, so we can read it. Um, I think it's from the UK, but Homeopathy Research Institute has a lot of oh. research studies. Um, they have done lots of studies showing that it is effective. It's not placebo. Um, also, there's a lot of um, information out there about its use on uh, particularly farm animals. So they've used remedies, for example, for dairy cows, oh. um, showing that homeopathic remedies they put in their drinking troughs yeah. and they can um, prevent mastitis preventing the farmers from having to use, or they can heal mastitis too, preventing the farmers from having to use antibiotics. Yes. Um, I recently learned, I think it's, um, don't quote me on the exact percentage, but I want to say it was 75% of pharmaceuticals are given to animal livestock in really? this country. Otherwise healthy animals to prevent, because they're crammed into tight quarters. Yeah. Um, so just the impact that if if the animal agriculture industry were to adopt homeopathy in, instead of giving um, antibiotics preventatively, yeah. that is would be a massive impact on our human health. Um, and with antibiotic resistance being such an issue, you know, anything we can do to use homeopathic remedy to not use an antibiotic in a case where we don't need an antibiotic is really an, um, important. And an example would be ear infections with kids. Luckily, more and more doctors nowadays are not wanting to just write an antibiotic prescription for children with ear infections. Yeah. Um, and that's one area where homeopathy just shines. And even things like um, uh, strep throat can be, um, the body can heal from strep throat with the assistance of homeopathy. And I've mm. seen that um, with a test, a strep test before and after. Yeah. So, and again, th those are on kids. And so the placebo effect, um, you know, with those farm animals, the dairy cows, and with the children, who have ear infections, they don't know that they just took they a medicine. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So, so that's yeah. really interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, the snake poison, that is a good one, too. I like it. There is, as a matter of fact, that there is a remedy out that is called Lachesis, L-A-C-H-E-S-I-S, Lachesis mutis, and it is actually the botanical of the um, the Latin name for the Bushmaster of Surukuku. And the Bushmaster Surukuku is a, is a poisonous snake. And when that snake bites you, it, uh, it creates a tremendous heat in the body. So in homeopathy, the lachesis is used for women with hot flashes. Mm -hmm. you, take, oh, wow. you take the remedy, and the hot flash will go away very quickly. It's a it's a great remedy. There's also so the the snake snake so the snake poison or the snake oil remedy, <laughs> snake oil <laughs> salesman. Uh, actually, maybe there is a good story to that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe he was the traveling salesman who was helping women with uh, <laughs> with hot flashes. Who knows? But anyway, yeah. I thank you for your call. 
we're, we're hitting oh, a break. You, you have you, you, you're very welcome. Do you have a follow up question before we go into the break? No, no. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Bye bye. All right. If I thought I'd throw that one in. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I uh, really appreciate Jenna Dodge being over here and explaining more about homeopathy. And, and I just want people to be excited about it because no matter where you go in the world, I mean, yes, even in non-civilized countries, um, non-developed countries, you have homeopathy. It's very mm-hmm. inexpensive and very successful. So a lot more to learn when we come back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Finally, we have another show on homeopathy, which is uh, we could probably do a show on homeopathy every week. Because (laughs) if you talk about um, Hippocrates, 2,000 years coming up with the law of similarities and explaining that, and then Samuel Hahnemann, a German doctor who moved to the United States and developed homeopathy over here. I don't think he, it was something he did already in n- Germany. No, he didn't. He never lived here. Um, he never lived here? No, I thought no. he moved here. Nope. Um, Herring, um, Constantine Herring, who actually proved the Bushmaster snake, okay. almost died in the process. Holy right? moly, yes. <laughs> um, he, he was really the father of American homeopathy, um, and he lived in the Philadelphia area. Um, but then actually... James Tyler Kent is probably the most well-known American homeopath. Uh, I never heard of him. He is I very heard about Herring, Herring's Law. Yeah, right. But James Tyler Kent is was the most influential on American homeopathy. He's actually buried in the Bitterroot Valley, so oh, you can wow. go visit his grave. He retired out to Montana. Um, uh, so Hahnemann never lived here. Hahnemann died in Paris. Actually, he moved to Paris um, after he huh. married a young bride when he was old. Um, but it, you know, it was he just has the monument in. Uh, I shouldn't say Washington, just. He has the monument in Washington D.C. Wow. And there's some, um, you know, lots of colleges um, named after him and, and things like that. So and hospitals and things like that. So okay. So uh, give it. Give again the name Herring. What was his first yeah, name? Um, Constantine. Constantine. Yeah. He was an American. Good old American name is that Herring. <laughs> yeah, and he had a he he used to run a school of homeopathy in I believe it was in Philadelphia, which is actually where my school, the Academy of Homeopathy Education, is located. Um, even though their name is called A H E N Y C because they used to be located in New York, but you ah. know, it's not very far away. <laughs> and so the other person's name was James Tyler Kent. So Kent, um, James Tyler Kent, he has his uh, lectures on the homeopathic materia medica, and he has the the repertory, Kent's repertory. Oh, wow. I know. So when did he live? Um, oh, you're asking last, all last the hard week. questions. I think he died in the early 1900s. Okay. Um, that's a guess. Yeah, and, yeah, okay. And that's pretty much you were saying earlier, 250 years ago, 200 years ago, homeopathy was very much used in this country also. Yeah, probably and it got stopped like in 1905, 1910 when penicillin was invented and then the Western medicine or the pharmaceutical company started just pushing homeopathy away as a bunch of charlatans and don't know what they're doing. And Yeah, well, so the American um, Medical Association was actually created as uh, in, in a response to the American Homeopathy Medical Association. I don't remember yeah. what it was called. But they, they basically bribed medical schools to stop teaching homeopathy. And they had a lot of money. I mean, it was all Rockefeller funded, essentially. 
Um, there was just a lot more money in pharmaceutical. I, I, I don't want to get into all the, the details and the you know conspiracy behind that, but it's true. Homeopathic remedies last forever, and if you have one bottle of it, you can you have a lifetime supply of this homeopathic medicine wow. versus obviously a pharmaceutical, which is um, not not diluted and succussed in the same way. It's a material thing, and you can only get it um, from the pharmacies. And of course, they're marking up the cost of. I mean, what is an EpiPen now? How many yes. hundreds yeah, of dollars? Seven hundred dollars. Where there's a remedy. Um, people were asking about actually, you know, an example of the laws of homeopathy and I'll give one quick example. Um, hopefully we can talk then about the FDA, but, um, there's a, you know, everybody's been stung by a bee probably. I yeah. sure have. And you know, when you get stung by a bee, you get a swollen, red, hot, itchy, burning kind of bump and it feels sure. better with cold compress. Right. Well, there's a remedy made out of the honeybee called Apis mellifica. Yeah. And... Oh, is Ape. that how you say it? Malefica? Yep. Oh. Uh, that's how I say it. <laughs> I say Malefica. Okay. okay. Good. Oh, I like that. Um, <laughs> but Apis is really great for a few things. It's great for if you are <clears throat> stung by a bee or a wasp or some other insect that um, results in that same sort of red swelling, itching, burning, stinging, better for cold compress. Yes. It's also great for actually swellings of all kinds. I had a, a sty on my eye that got super swollen. I mean, I couldn't even open my eye. Wow. Apis took care of it. This was after I went to the urgent care, and they tried to, they first of all wouldn't even, like, touch me. Because they were so, it was so bizarre. I'm like, aren't you supposed to be examining my eye? No, they just wrote me a prescription for an antibiotic and then an eye drop antibiotic. And nothing worked. I didn't try it. I was like, I'm not going to try an antibiotic. Um, so I, I decided to try homeopathy first, and... Within 12 hours, my eye was 90% back to normal. Jeez, Louise. Apis is also good for um, like hives and allergic reactions, even anaphylactic type reactions. Uh -huh. Of course, on your way to the hospital where you can get the need you, care you need. But I have seen um, young children who have had allergic reactions mm -hmm. to peanuts, having never had peanut butter before, accidentally fed peanut butter, hives on the whole body, a dose of apis, and they go away. So it mm. has that potential. Of course, you need to do your own research and, and be prepared if you have some sort of anaphylactic allergy. But how amazing is that for someone who doesn't know they have an allergy mm -hmm. um, or who wants to give that a try as they're on their way for more care? And Absolutely. in this case, it just it just totally worked. And so we're talking a $7.99 vial that will last a lifetime and be useful for bug bites and all sorts of things versus Correct. a, you know, $600 EpiPen or... Every week, every month, yeah. every week, yeah. So Apis is bee venom. That's the homeopathic name. So the Latin yeah. name for bee venom. Yeah, and they actually use the whole bee. They use the whole they bee? They do, yeah. And so we grind it up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they use <laughs> We go the into the hive bee. and just grind up the whole hive. <laughs> yeah. Honey and all. All right, the whole bee. Wow, that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I think it's maybe too hard to get just the venom of a bee, but yeah. I don't know. That's, that's just what they do. Wow. So it's pretty amazing um, what homeopathy is capable of. So again, if you uh, if you hear us say certain words, we try to give you the explanation in plain English, but uh, sometimes the words sound almost the same, but many of them have the... Um, uh, they have an English name so mm -hmm. that we understand it better, but as I mentioned earlier, internationally, worldwide... 
the Latin names are used all the time. Yep. So everybody knows. Now, we have some questions. Oh, I have a, somebody on, on hold. Call or stay put. I'll be right with you. Um, there is a few messages here. And, of course, then I try to get it. And, okay. It says, I was wondering if there is any way to address experiencing different taste sensations not due to medicines being taken. And if there were a homeopathic way to maybe address sinus problems. Oh, yeah. Both of those things. So um, I we have large books with lots of symptoms that we look up uh, as a homeopath. And taste certain different tastes in your mouth is one of them. That's a really great clue. Um, again, it's going to be... I don't understand the questions, maybe. Well, I don't understand the, the first question about... In any way to address experiencing different taste sensations, not due to medicines being taken. So, people regularly they a tomato tastes different than peanut butter and tastes different than what exactly? Well, I'm get, I'm I read the question as so maybe it's how we interpret it. But somebody could just have a metallic taste in their mouth, or they okay. could have a, another flavor, like yeah, and they haven't eaten anything that tastes that way, or they haven't taken a medicine that could cause it as a side effect. Uh-huh. So they just have a taste in their mouth. And that that happens, and that's a great symptom, and it can help lead us to a remedy. Um, And the thing is, the sinus issues and the taste in the mouth are all part of the same disease, the same set of symptoms, and so it's it's it would be important to see a homeopath for that. There's lots of great remedies for sinus problems. One of the most popular over the counter, if you don't have a chronic condition, but you just happen to get a sinus infection with that thick, ropey, yellow not yeah is, yeah yeah um cali bic cali bicromicum um, yep uh-huh. and uh that'll be in your store it's a very common one yeah. and that can be great for that sinus infection again if it's a one-off thing if it's chronic recurrent that's when you need to see a homeopath and there's also lots of other remedies for sinus infections so if you have one but you've got green discharge not thick yellow you probably don't need cali bic you need okay. something else so i see that's why it's worth to see a homeopath for an acute consult. Isn't uh, pulsatilla for uh, for clear mucus or clear sinus uh, discharge? Pulsatilla is actually also for usually more yellow, yellow green, but not as thick. So calibic will be ropey and really thick, stringy. Okay. Pulsatilla is going to be um, less thick, but usually still yellow. Ah. Um, sepia is a common one for oh, that yeah, sepia. green discharge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, Yellow silica. cuttlefish or something. It's sepia. The, yeah, it's the cuttlefish. The um, cuttlefish. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So anyway, and pulsatilla is wind flower. Mm-hmm. Wind flower. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's go to the caller who is patiently waiting. Thank you, caller. What's your name, please? How can we help you? Yeah, you call us, This is Steve. Hey, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. A great show. Oh, thank you, Steve. You'll always do that. <laughs> But uh, try to enlighten people if they will just listen. You bet. But one of the things that Jenna was talking about was uh, in the 20s, John D. Rockefeller, there's a book about this, but the medical schools wanted money. They always need money. And so John D. Rockefeller sent this guy to the medical schools and said, we'll fund your medical school but you're going to teach what we want taught. Mm-hmm. 
and they can make more money out of a barrel of oil than they can with, you know, the things that the Creator put here for our health, which are the herbs, the weeds, uh, everything is, is here for our benefit. Yes. But I guess until the people get sick and tired of being sick and tired, they'll keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. But if people would do what you're talking about here, we don't need their um, system. And, uh, and I, just, I believe that through shows like what you're doing and trying to educate people yeah. is a great thing. And maybe we can change our reality, which is what needs to happen. But anyway, I just wanted to make that comment. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's great. Thank you so much, Steve. I know that yeah. you know a lot about it, and I appreciate your insights. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. It's true. You know, that is where it all started. Uh, homeopathy was doing so well and so safe for people to use, but there is always people who want to, who after after power and money, and this is, I think it was Dale Carnegie and Rockefeller who started the medical schools and mm-hmm. put money into it and mm-hmm. started pushing the pharmaceutical industries and then and then go from there. So... Jenna Dodge is my guest. She is a certified homeopath living right here in Bozeman. And for those of you who are interested in just contacting her and say, hey, uh, what can I do? I have some questions. Several ways to approach her. You can go to her website, jennadodge.com, D-O-D-G-E, jennadodge.com. You can email her at jenna at jennadodge.com. You can also go to her Facebook page, go to Facebook and then type in Homeopathy with Jenna, Homeopathy with Jenna, and you can join that and get updates. And if you want to set up an appointment, her telephone number, she does appointments only by appointment, (laughs) (laughs) excuse me, and that number is 406-581-581. 0459 581-0459. She has an office up on Haggerty Lane, correct? Mm-hmm. And um, so because she never knows how long the conversation will be, she decides to uh, go by appointment and then uh, work with you that way. Now, I um, want to let you know there's a few messages. Uh, Corey is sending us a greeting. She said the show is going great. I'm still here in Mexico until Tuesday, but I have great service to listen today at the beach. So we are thinking about you with a little jealousy. (laughs) Yeah, just a little. (laughs) Yes. Now, um, can homeopathy work to prevent bladder infections in babies? To prevent bladder infections in babies? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, Homeopathy is normally used to treat symptoms. If there are no symptoms, it's a lot harder to come up with a remedy. Sure. Um, so I would need more information about why we think there's going to be a bladder infection. Um, one nice thing about homeopathy is if you are treating, let's say your baby does have recurrent bl- bladder infections, that's that's more of a chronic thing, but you know we don't want someone to be in pain in the short term. So you can treat that acutely um, and then seek chronic treatment to prevent it from coming back. 
But when we see um, acute illnesses treated with homeopathy, the vitality of the person is going to increase through that treatment. So they're going to be stronger and more healthier when they get through that uh, bladder infection in this case than they would if they had to use something suppressive like, you know, an antibiotic or or even some um, other natural solutions can still be suppressive. It just ever it just depends on the person and the, the individual case. Okay, that's that's a good one. Um, then we have a question. Let's see what we have because I've had several come in right now. Look at that. Okay, we'll get to that one in a second. Uh, I'll address that afterwards. Um, I just tuned in, so not sure if this may have already been discussed. Are there homeopathic remedies to quit smoking or treat other bad habits? Yeah, this is a great question. So there are, um, and there's a couple ways to approach this. There are, uh, if this person wanted to contact me, um, I could let them know of a specific blend that we don't normally use combo remedies, but for quitting smoking, um, this is one case where a particular combo can work really well. Another thing is through constitutional care, we see that people tend to stop craving their bad habits uh, because they feel better and they are just, they just no longer desire those things that maybe they had, you know, somewhat of an addiction to in the past. Yes. So we, we definitely see that, Uh, especially with, you know, if you have a full blown addiction to drugs or something like that, you know, that might be different. Um, but especially just a yeah, bad habit of smoking or eating sweets or things like that. Um, I've seen that type of thing decrease uh, yes. for sure. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, next question before we go to our caller who is patiently waiting. The text is, I live near Lubbock, Texas. Is there a homeopath in this area? What is the name of the book you recommended? Yeah, great question. So, um, the book I recommended is The Complete Homeopathy Handbook by okay. Miranda Castro. Miranda Castro, yeah, if you, C-A-S-T-R-O. Yep. If you go to my website, jennadodge.com, it's a little under construction, but there's a resources page, and I actually list that book there with okay. a link right to it. All right. Um, and as far as uh, in Texas, there's a lot of homeopaths. I don't know for sure where Lubbock is. In it's, relation on the, to, it's in the uh, western part, northwestern part, I think, of the of Texas. Okay, I have um, definitely west. I think Lubbock is close to Waco. Okay. Um, well, the good news is a homeopath can actually most homeopaths these days, especially the the I would say the next generation of up and coming, yeah. um, works via Skype or other telehealth. Yes. Um, I know a couple of great homeopaths in Texas. Um, as well, so I'd be happy to try to refer. Um, you can also go to, um, uh, I'm forgetting the name. There's homeopathy.org is one. There's a couple of regi- of um, websites where you can search for a certified or a registered homeopath, um, and one of them is homeopathy.org, I believe. But um, if you search near you, in just search homeopath Lubbock and you know, you might come up with something. Yeah, may come up with something. Yeah, feel yeah. free to email me and I can connect you with the people I know and trust down there as well. Okay, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Question, text. So my naturopath gave me a homeopathic tincture 
for my liver and adrenals, and then she got sick, and the bottles are empty. She got sick. I think that is the um, the teenage daughter. Mm, okay. Um, and the bottles are empty. Can I add water to it, shake it up, and still have some activation till she's well? Uh, yeah, if they're completely empty and dried out, I would be wary of that. I wouldn't be so sure. If there's any water in them at all, then yeah, you can add water and it's essentially the same. I mean, it's slightly more dilute, but you can stretch your remedies that way. But you may have to succuss it during the entire uh, football game on TV <laughs> three hours before you... Uh, no, you wouldn't actually have to do that, <laughs> no? um, but you should always succuss the bottle before you take a remedy if, if you have the liquid made up. And that's one of the benefits for doing a liquid remedy. And I do almost entirely liquid. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. It's a, yeah, that's a whole other conversation, but it just, it's a little more gentle, <laughs> a little more gentle and it's nice for stretching your remedies uh, yeah. as well. So Perfect. And I think we're pretty much through all the text messages at this point. Thank you all, by the way, for texting us. That is very helpful because we can kind of fit it in where needed, but I do not discourage you from calling. That phone number here in the studio of AM 1450 KMMS in Bozeman is 522-8255. The text is 266-7617. 266-7617. Of course, area code is always 406 in Montana. I heard perhaps till 2030. That oh, wow. may be too big and they may have to do another area code. So... Uh, but, you know, these days with everybody moving here and then all have their own, hold on to their own telephone number, you probably have an, uh, an Oregon number. No, no you have I have No, that's yeah. right. You have a Boston yeah. number, 581. Mm -hmm. ah, perfect. Yeah. But in any case, uh, it's good to hear from all of you. And uh, by the way, uh, we're coming close again to a break. I really recommend you listen to the next segment because we are going to talk about the... FDA. The FDA is going after homeopathy. And after you have been listening for two hours to the program and you hear the history of homeopathy, what it can do, how it works, and that if you use the correct uh, dosage, you're going to find out that the success is absolutely phenomenal. Now, many people use homeopathy. They may not see the success. And part of that has to do with the fact that we go by what says on the label, which is only three words. You need to understand more about homeopathy in order to get the correct remedy. So using the wrong remedy pretty much never causes you to have ne uh, side effects, negative side effects. But if you work with somebody like Jenna Dodge, you will find something that will actually work for you individually. That's what it is all about. Now, the FDA is going after homeopathy, and that's something we need to discuss what that means, what it entails, and what you can do. So stay tuned for that. 522-TALK is the number. We will be right back. The FDA currently seems to be on the hunt, witch hunt, on homeopathy. Tell us more what's going on and let us know what people can do. Yeah, great. Thank you. You bet. So <clears throat> some things never change, right? Yeah. So. The FDA is on a witch hunt, and I want to give people a one website to go read up on um, briefly because we probably won't get to cover everything right now, but homeopathychoice.org is where you can read all of this information and also uh, take action. Uh, we have a petition, which I'm going to mention. But first of all, the FDA, 
basically, despite the fact that remedies, homeopathic remedies have been regulated since 1988 with a certain set of guidelines yeah. in the U.S., the, the FDA has set out about a year ago, set out to revise those guidelines. Okay. And essentially, um, it they're they're really targeting the nosodes, which I mentioned earlier, which is the the remedies made from the disease products, like influenzinum is a really common nosode. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but there's nothing in the legislation or in the in the guidance document that can would prevent them from taking action on uh, every remedy. And essentially, to boil it down, is that they're trying to make it so homeopathic medicines have to go through the same process of drug approval okay. as a drug. And that can cost up to $100 million uh-huh. per drug. Yes, the, per, per drug. Per drug. Yes. The industry, the homeopathic remedy industry, is about a $6 million industry in the U.S. So we could not afford to bring even one drug to market. And they're not drugs. They're, they're homeopathic remedies. Yes. In the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act of 1938... That act distinguished homeopathic remedies from pharmaceutical drugs. And now uh, the FDA is trying to make it so those are treated the same, essentially. Mm -hmm. So there's a group, Americans for Homeopathy Choice, which is a consumer group. And um, if you go to homeopathychoice.org, you can read all about it. You can support them. You can become a free member and they have information about the citizen's petition to the FDA. If you just want to skip to this petition, you can go to signthehomeopathypetition.com, and it'll walk you through step-by-step how to do it. Okay. But we need to get 10,000 signatures by January 28th. Oh, boy. So that Capitol Hill will take us seriously. Um, and, of course, we have way more than 10,000 people who use homeopathy and support homeopathy. Yeah. And even if you don't support homeopathy, just know that if you support any natural remedies or natural healing supplements and things like that at all, yeah. those are probably just next in line. Correct. Uh, so it's important to to stand up to the FDA as a consumer and say that we demand the freedom to choose homeopathy for our family. Homeopathy has never been shown to be dangerous. Um, in the same way that a pharmaceutical drug is dangerous. I mean, how many people per year die from properly prescribed pharmaceutical medicine yeah. versus mm-hmm. nobody from from home- homeopathic remedies? Yes. Um, like you mentioned before, if you use the wrong remedy, nothing really happens. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's obviously not the case with a drug. So it's very clear that they're different things. Mm-hmm. Um so we really need everybody to go to signthehomeopathypetition.com, copy and paste, click on the links, and it literally takes two minutes to sign the petition. You can add a little blurb about why you like homeopathy. Um, everyone in your household can sign, meaning even children under the age of 18. Okay. People in other countries can sign. Oh. Um, you can sign anonymously, or you can sign as yourself. Okay. If you want to take it a step farther, if you go to homeopathychoice.org, uh, they, oh, .org, okay. Yeah, .org. Um, they have templates and instructions for how to reach out to your, your representatives. Um, so in Montana, how to reach out to our representatives here. Form letters you can use, which, of course, you need to customize. 
But the more people reach out to our representatives, um, the more they're going to listen and and want to pay attention. Mm -hmm. The FDA really has no reason to create this new guiding document. We don't know why they're doing it. And it's important um, that as consumers, we fight that. So one of the things that the homeopathychoice.org and one of the things that the petition, that citizens petition for the FDA is going to suggest is that we create an advisory council. So right now, there is not a group of professionals and consumers and pharma, uh, and uh, homeopathic you know, pharmaceutic, um, pharmacy representatives sure, sure, advising sure. the FDA. There's nobody talking to the FDA about homeopathy. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the important things that we want that how, we're how do you know that how do you know that, that that's not happening i mean there are sure there are people who are passionate this is their livelihood you know yeah. i'm not just talking about you but people who have done this for a long time right. who re- even naturopathic physicians mm-hmm. would they be uh restricted in what they can do with uh, homeopathy in their practice you mean if this new guiding document were Correct. the draft guidance? Yeah, Correct. it would. It, it could make it so. I mean, the first remedies to be targeted would be the nosodes, which are already tightly regulated. Yeah. You have to be a certified professional to get a nosode from a pharmacy. So that's either a certified homeopath or you know a naturopath, like you said, huh. who's a licensed professional, or an MD is who's a licensed professional. But all the remedies could be targeted. A lot of people might remember um, the teething tablets and how... Yeah, that was a big thing because yeah. of Belladonna in mm-hmm. there, right? That was the main thing? That was the main thing. And there, they were claiming that the levels of Belladonna present in the product were inconsistent. What they did not talk about is how dilute and how there's such a tiny yeah. amount of Belladonna that it was still not toxic. It wasn't even close to approaching toxicity. Yes. And Highlands actually voluntarily pulled the product. Uh, yeah. A lot of people think it was a forced recall. It was a voluntary recall. And it yeah. wasn't Highlands that had been tested poorly. It was a knockoff brand oh. that had um, not been... Diluted correctly. Yeah. 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 And, you know, they like to use that example, you know, a recall happening as Correct. some reason that homeopathy is dangerous, when in reality it was a voluntary recall. Uh-huh. And they have absolutely no proof Yes. That there was anything that happened. Uh, you know, they like to say that the belladonna caused seizures in infants. A toxic dose of belladonna for sure could, you know, could do that. That is one of this, the side effects. Homeopathic belladonna, when used properly, is actually beneficial, can stop hmm. febrile seizure. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, they just, they basically. Fevers and seizures, is that what you say? A febrile seizure, a febrile. seizure from a fever. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And of course, is a great teeth. One of the great teething remedies. It's it's not the top one. Chamomilla is the top teething remedy. But that's right. <laughs> yeah, chamomilla, chamomilla, like chamomile. It's made from chamomile, but then homeopathic. And by the way, also very good to sleep. Yeah, if you have a sleep yep. problem. Also yeah. good for if you're trying to quit coffee and you get uh, the caffeine withdrawals. You can use chamomilla really? for that. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. So the petition is to create uh, an advisory committee, and, and we know that because of the group Americans for Homeopathy Choice uh, has been doing all this legwork. Um, and again, that's just a consumer group, uh, meaning it's not representing the professionals at all, but just a group of 
consumers who love homeopathy and want there to be a choice to use homeopathy. But if you you need you don't need a petition to create an advisory committee. If you want to create an if you want to become an advisory committee, you can do that. You just uh, but somehow in order to approach the FDA. You need to be registered or something as a committee? Is that what you're talking about? I'm not really sure the details. That'd be a great question for um, Americans for Homeopathy Choice. Okay. So homeopathychoice.org and then just contact them through that website. Because um, I don't know. I don't know why you can yeah. just do that. Maybe it's just formally they want it on the petition. Yes. Um, but the main reason, main, main uh, point behind the petition is to withdraw the draft guidance that they created in December 2017 which would be that new document that changes the way homeopathy and homeopathic remedies are regulated in the U.S. Okay. We want them to withdraw that because it's going to restrict the availability of homeopathic remedies. Yes. And there's no reason to um, do that. And then furthermore, the CPG Compliance Policy Guidance 400.400, which is the document that has been guiding the FDA in its regulation of homeopathic remedies since 1988. Who was doing that? Um, this is the um, Compliance Policy Guidance 400.400. It's a document that guides the FDA. So it's it's the FDA. It is the FDA. Yeah, it's one yes. of their documents that guides how they regulate homeopathic remedies. Yes. And we want them to actually make it into a regulation. So a law, not just a document that can okay. be changed. At any time. All right. Basically, what they're trying to do is reinterpret the law, essentially the 1938 Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, kind of set the foundation for the fact that homeopathic remedies would be treated separately than pharmaceutical drugs. Mm -hmm. And the FDA is kind of trying to reinterpret that and write a new document, kind of write a new rule book, if you will. Yes. And so we want them to, we want to say no. The old rule book is great. Let's yes. actually make that a law. So okay. we can't change it without the input of Congress. Okay. Well, that's really um, powerful, uh, yeah. powerful stuff. I'm so glad that somebody mm-hmm. grabbed this. Yeah, I have over here, if I can read this real quick, this is mm-hmm. from Dr. Macola, Joseph Macola from the Macola.com website. And uh, this, uh, actually, believe it or not, this is an archive article from uh, December 19. Uh, 2017. And it says the FDA is to crack down on homeopathy or supplements next with the opioid scorch continuing to claim tens of thousands of lives annually. The FDA has opted to dedicate the, the finite resources to combating what they consider a more pressing issue. As reported by NPR, the FDA has adopted a new strategy to target homeopathy while isolated quality control issues have cropped up with store-bought homeopathic treatments, the scope of the problem has been minimal when compared with the destruction wrought by pharmaceutical drugs. In the past, the FDA focused on homeopathic products that have been shown to cause harm. The FDA's new and tougher stance allows them to preemptively act against products that they feel are dangerous. This includes products that are marketed as treatments for serious conditions and those that contain potentially dangerous ingredients. Manufacturing practices will also be under increased scrutiny. FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb's attempt to frame these increased regulations as little more than an overdue effort to punish disreputable manufacturers ring a bit hollow. 
While the FDA claims to respect the rights of individuals to have access to alternative treatments, the fact that they systemically ignore the science behind homeopathic remedies should not be disregarded. Gottlieb complained that there has been a large uptick in products labeled as homeopathic that are being marketed for a wide array of diseases and conditions, from the common cold to cancer. And in many cases, people may be placing their trust and money in therapies that may bring little to no benefit in combating serious ailments or worse. That's quote unquote. Now, that's interesting that they say this, Jenna. It is true that many people say, well, I went to a homopath. You know, they come in, it's just the same like guys come in and say, you have a prostrate, T-R-A-T-E, prostrate. <laughs> and they say, yeah, I've been to a homopathic doctor. And I said, are you talking about a naturopathic doctor or are you talking about a homeopath? Well, I guess it's one of those natural doctors. But mm -hmm. the word homeopathy is used quite a bit by people because they have heard something, but they don't know exactly what it means. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine that over time, products have gone on the shelves that simply state that they're a homeopathic ma uh, remedy for something, yeah. and it is not correctly homeopathics. Yeah, that and really, um, in order for a remedy to be labeled homeopathic, it has to go through that dilution process. process. Dilution is a cussing. But as we learned in the very first hour, <clears throat> homeopathy is based on the law of similars. Yes. So if I tried to give you homeopathically prepared medicine yes. in a non-homeopathic way, it's ah, not going to do anything. I see. I because see. you have to have the match of the symptoms. Okay. And that's where, I mean, I would agree that probably a lot of those combination homeopathic medicines are not going to be, they're going to be effective for enough people that the product sells yeah. and people recommend it. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be effective for everybody and it's much much better to work with a homeopath and find one remedy that works for you okay it's the single remedy is it's very important we didn't talk about kind of the rules of homeopathy but using a single remedy is ideal ideal yes right there will be one remedy yes yes there will be one <clears throat> um it's not to say people haven't benefited from teething tablets and cold calm and all that stuff it's just that you know, that's kind of up-leveling your homeopathic use is switching to, you know, one remedy. Yeah. Um, it has commercialized quite a bit to mm -hmm. approach a large percentage of the population mm -hmm. who's looking for a quick fix. And yeah. I think, <clears throat> I don't think that they harm. Mm -mm. And as a matter of fact, many people do find benefits from using mm -hmm. these combination remedies. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that in the long run, mm -hmm the one single remedy that you will get mm -hmm. from a homeopathic doctor to help peel the onion, so to say, mm -hmm. the, there's the actual goal mm -hmm. that we should have if we are interested in homeopathy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, you know, it's funny, you're mentioning the opioid crisis and, and things like that in the article. And, it, you know, one of the categories that the FDA is concerned about is remedies made from controlled substances, uh -huh. such as, opium, cannabis, well, actually pretty much any controlled substance, there are homeopathic remedies made from them. Yeah. Again, they have to be, you can't just go to Gesundheit and buy those remedies. You have to order them, you know, go through a certified homeopath. Absolutely, and that's, that will be you. Yeah, but those have 
so much power, especially for combating the opioid crisis, because wow. so many people are addicted. Yes. And if you just go and, and search for, you know, opioid addiction, homeopathy, you will find case after case of people who have successfully weaned themselves or, you know, with the help of professionals uh, yes. from an opioid addiction with the help of homeopathy. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's just, it, yeah, it's just sad that the FDA, in the middle of this opioid crisis, they're concerned about non-addictive substances that are not harm, harmless. And, you know, I think we are in agreement on why that might be. But yes. the bottom line is, in order to protect our choice, if people go to homeopathychoice.org and sign the homeopathypetition.com, homeopathychoice.org mm -hmm. and you can find a lot more of what all this entails yeah. and it gives you some templates mm -hmm. about you that you can use in order to send to your uh, representatives exactly okay yep. good 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 now and that's really important but the deadline is january 28 it has to be yes. done by january 27 yes which is a sunday yep next week sunday mm -hmm. okay good and it's it's, it takes just a couple minutes. You can do everyone in your house in less than 10 minutes just by copying and pasting, writing a customized sentence if you can. Yeah, I would. You know, I, I, you know if you've used it for so many years and, uh, and you see the benefits. Mm -hmm. and, and like we said earlier, the research that's out there on using it on animals, yeah. it shows that if you use it on babies and animals they, who don't know what's going on, mm -hmm. It's really working for them. It also works very on, safely. It works on non-believers too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so. so it doesn't matter your religious background or your gender. <laughs> yeah. Whatever gender choice you have, homeopathy will work for you. Now that's really good, and I know we're coming close. So what we're going to do is somebody's asking me for the uh, link to the Marcola article. I will do that after the show because I don't have time to type all that right now. Just want to let you know, folks, uh, Jenna Dodge is closing out the hour with me. You can reach her at Jenna Dodge, D-O-D-G-E, JennaDodge.com. You can go, you can email her at Jenna at JennaDodge.com. You can call her at 406-581-0459, and just want to let you know, she doesn't always answer the phone. So if you have a smartphone and you put Jenna Dodge in your address book, and then with this number, 406-581-0459, just send her a text. That's much easier for her to deal with. So we have about 40 seconds left. Jenna, I really, really appreciate you hanging in there and stay this last half hour because I was going to send you home. <laughs> <laughs> sure, no problem. I wish you all the best. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm glad we went live again. And the amount of information that we have also for constitutional remedies, this is something we should do another show very quickly. All right, folks, I wish you all the best. We'll talk to you next week, Saturday from 8 to 11. See you then.